Welcome everyone to the first episode of Heavy Forehands with Toro. I have a bunch of friends that are gonna be laughing at that name, but it's kind of like an internal joke. Um, so in this podcast, we're gonna be discussing um, all about tennis. Being honest, it's gonna be uh, the risk tournaments. Uh, it's gonna be results. It's gonna be news about regulation. News about um, new brands coming into the market, as well as hopefully some interviews with some of my college tennis friends and maybe some professional player or coach in the future but more to come and we're also going to be discussing any any other trend anything uh, regarding uh, the comments that you guys provide any feedback that you guys provide and hopefully we can have some fun together in this first episode we're going to be discussing the Wimbledon final that Carlos Alcaraz and Novak Djokovic played um, yesterday uh, on Sunday and and spoilers alert so for any listener that haven't watched the final uh, please go and watch the final it was an unbelievable match um, and now that I already uh, put the spoiler alert we can start discussing so what an unbelievable match where Carlos Alcaraz beat Novak Djokovic in the final 6-4 in the fifth set and claimed his second major title, uh, leaving Novak Djokovic with 23, and Carlos Alcaraz with 20 years old, he already has to. Um, what an amazing kid. Um, he has all the strokes. He's a great mover. He's so explosive. He can do everything, and, and he's also a clutch player. Um, I see the comparisons with, with Djokovic, with Nadal, Federer, and and I cannot agree. I cannot tend to agree that he has the best of all three worlds, and and he, this kid keeps improving, and he's gonna start uh, making um, uh, making Djokovic's uh, world a little bit harder in the future. I think he's gonna be able to maybe take some majors from him. Uh, but yes, uh, without uh, changing topics, uh, let's discuss the final first. So going into the final, uh, I said Djokovic is the major favorite of the tournament. He won the French fairly easy. He had a tough semifinal against Carlos, where he beat him in four sets. But then he won against Rude in the final in fairly easy matchup. So going into this Wimbledon after winning 2021-2022 Wimbledon, winning the French this year, winning the Aussie, I thought that after getting his 23rd major, he was going to play loose and maybe go and get seven more majors uh, because he has no more pressure. He's undoubtedly the best uh, of all time. And I'm a, I'm a Federer fan, so it's kind of tough to, to say that. But yes, I kind of tend to agree that he's the best of all time. So, like I said, going into the tournament, I thought Djokovic was a clear favorite. Um, despite Alcaraz having a really good tournament in Queens, where he won the tournament after having a tough first round, where I don't think he saved much point, but he wants seven six in the third, and then he wanted to win the tournament, beating Deminar in the final. Both of the players on the way to the final um, were superior superior than their rivals. Uh, Djokovic in the semifinal, he cruised over Sinner, 
uh, right from the get-go, he stepped on him, won the first set fairly easy, and, and he had some complications on the second set where uh, Sinner might have some breakpoints, and then on the third set, I believe it was 7-6, uh, but it was a straight set win on the semifinals for Joko. And then Carlitos Alcaraz just destroyed Medvedev, 6-3, 6-3, um, And what I think what's happening in that matchup is that Medvedev plays a little bit too far behind the baseline and gives Carlos too much time. And Carlos ca- can um, take the ball early, can hit drop shots, can hit the ball higher, and can mix up the paces. And and that drives uh, Medvedev a little bit crazy. Uh, so that's why... I believe in the last couple of times that they played, it's been a fairly easy match for Carlitos. Um, like I said, uh, Djokovic for me was the clear favorite, um, and I was kind of like pretty wrong. <laughs> um, like I said, Carlos beat Djokovic 6-4 um, in the fifth set. And before the match started, I was looking at the AI predictor model from Wimbledon. And, and it said that Carlitos Alcaraz was uh, 55% uh, kind of like the favorite going into the match. And I said that clearly is wrong. Um, and that's uh, kind of like another um, another point of view, another topic to discuss how now AI can predict uh, tennis matches. But yeah, I'm, um, that's a topic for a, for a different uh, podcast. So yeah, let's discuss the match. Starting on the first set, Carlito started a little bit too tight, I would say. Um, of course, it was his first Wimbledon final playing against Joko. Um, he said that it will be the happiest day of his life if he will win the, the championship and beating Joko in the final. And Djokovic came in ready to play. Um, he tends to do this in this special... Um, occasions where he plays a player that doesn't have as much experience. Um, most of the times, he puts pressure by making a lot of balls and breaking right away. And and then these younger guys, it's hard for them to get footing and get into the match. And then maybe on the second or third set, they start competing uh, on par. And this is what happened here. Um, Joko beat Carlos in the first set 6-1. Um, towards the last two or three games of the first set, Carlitos started hitting the ball better. He started making more balls. In the first couple of games, he was hitting a lot of first shots. He was trying to overplay. He was overhitting the ball. Of course, that's kind of like his game. He tends to be uh, aggressive and, and play big. But... In this stage against Joko, he kind of rushed in the beginning. Uh, but towards the last two or three games of the first set, uh, he started playing better. That allowed him to carry some momentum going into the second set. Now, let's discuss this second set. This second set was um, was a roller coaster. Um, and I think this is the reason why Djokovic lost this match. Um, it wasn't uh, because... Of the fifth set where he didn't take a couple chances that we can we're gonna dig in a little bit later um but here usually Djokovic is usually the kind of guy who takes his chances and and he usually punishes you 
if you don't take uh, yours. So in this set, Carlitos had a bunch of chances. He started winning 2-0 in the second set, and Djokovic broke back. He got the crowd going, uh, held serve again, put the score 2-all. Then he went down 3-2. Kalitos had chances to break again. He was uh, Djokovic serving lost 30. Kalitos didn't break. Then both of the players, they uh, held serves a couple of times. Djokovic went on to serve 4-5, and they have a couple of uses. Then that's again Kalitos missing chances. Uh, and this guy is going to play the tiebreaker. So going into this tiebreaker, I said Carlitos missed a lot of chances. Now Joko is going to step up his level uh, and he's going to get the second set and go to set to love. Um, going into this breaker also, Djokovic won six breakers on the way to the, on the way in the tournament, on the way to the final, while Carlitos only won two and missed one. So anyways, the tiebreaker starts and it starts great for Djokovic. He gets a mini break in the first point, 1-0, then he consolidates his mini break with two serves. He goes on to winning 3-0. Then Carlitos going to serve, uh, makes the first serve. Djokovic hits a return that he could have hit on the court, but he misses. So take kind of that. He missed a fairly easy return, I would say. I would I wouldn't say that's um, a force error. That's clearly an unforced error. So that's the first mistake on the breaker, and it was out of the backhand, out of the backhand side. Then Carlitos played a good point, and Djokovic went on to serve three-two. And here's where um, his game kind of went out of his way. He tends to be the guy that in this key moment he plays solid, sound tennis, fundamental tennis. He doesn't go for big shots. He usually tends to play a lot of cross-court rallies and outgrind other players. Um, of course, still hitting the ball decently big, but big targets. But in this next point, he serves. Carlitos made the return, and Djokovic tried a drop shot on the first shot and misses. So those are two... Uh, unforced errors in the breaker. The players went on to change size and Djokovic uh, won his point, went up 4-3. Kalitos played two solid points, being aggressive with the forehand. And Djokovic went on to serve 4-5 and played solid fundamental tennis. Just hitting the ball of balls, cross court, waiting for his opportunity to change directions and won both of those two points. Uh, and they were both rallies literally long for grass. It was over six shots, I believe so. And got him to, to win, um, to get a set point, uh, to get that second set. So Carlos Alcaraz went on to serve 5-6 on the breaker. Makes the first serve. Joko returns deep, makes a great return. Carlos Alcaraz puts the ball back in the court. Um, just a regular rally ball. Djokovic was was set to hit the backhand, and he misses on the net easily without any excuse. It was clearly an unforced error. So those are already three unforced errors on the breaker. 
players went on to switch side again. Kalito Alcaraz still on serve. Made the first serve. Djokovic returned deep again. Carlos made the ball again to the backhand side. He realized that Djokovic missed the backhand on the last point, so he picked on the backhand again. But it was again, it was just a rally ball. Djokovic was getting set, he got set. His feet was in the right position. His hands were in the right position. He swing and missed on the net again. Two back-to-back and four zeros on the backhand side. And, and as I look back on Djokovic's career, the backhand is the, the most solid, the steadiest shot on his game. I remember maybe back in 2017, early 2018, where the forehand was kind of letting him down. He was having some issues with the elbow. But the backhand throughout his career was um, a consistent shot that you you will never want to pick on. So it is Joko on serve 6-7. Carlito Sagras um, is getting bigger. He's believing in himself. And Joko went on to serve, and he made another bad decision right here. He went on to serve and volley. He went out of his game again, served to the backhand, a fairly decent serve. Carlo was, was reading the, the toss. He went on to the backhand and he ripped the ball down the line, winner, and he took the second set. I, I believe that if Djokovic would have been uh, staying back and waiting for a second shot out of the baseline, he could have gotten that shot easily without any problem. So Carlitos Alcaraz wins the second set. Djokovic is pissed off. He's sitting on the changeover and he's doing um, shallow backhand swings uh, to his um, team, like saying, like, how could I miss those two backhands in a row? Uh, and it's not only those two backhands, it's that return early in the breaker, that drop shot early in the breaker, and then that serve and volley. So basically he gave out five points out of eight in that breaker. It's not that I'm taking credit away from Carlos, but that is kind of like uncharacteristic from Djokovic. Maybe it was Carlitos Alcaraz game that he stepped it up in the second set, so he was putting more pressure into Djoko, and Djoko felt like, okay, I need to do more. I need to step up my game now to win this second set. Um, and the pressure, maybe it ate him off. So going into this third set, Carlitos uh, started feeling more comfortable. Um, he was feeling really comfortable with the crowd. And Djokovic was getting really pissed off really early in the first uh, in the first game of the set. Carlos Alcaraz got the break. Uh, fun fact, actually, in the first point of the third set, Djokovic conserved. He served, made one more ball out of the baseline, and then he misses another backhand on the on the net. So those were like three in a row. Carlitos quickly held serve, so he went up 2-0. Joko held serve 2-1. Carlitos held serve 3-1. And then we have one of the best games of the match. We had a 27-minute um, game where Joko was serving and it was uh, deuce point, at deuce point, at deuce point, at back and forth. There were, I believe so, 13 uses in that game. 
and Carlitos went on to break him and and that kind of uh, took Djokovic out of the equation of this third set and Carlitos played quickly after that in those two, in two next games and he took the third set 6-1 and, and Djokovic was missing much more than in the previous set but Carlitos um, was playing more aggressive as as Djokovic was letting him to play. But I believe most of the, like the attribution of this set will be towards the second set of the match. Um, Djokovic lost his focus on this third set and that's why he had to go to the restroom after the end of the set so he can regroup, um, take his time, uh, and this is something that he used to do uh, when he was younger, and he this is something he does when he's winning. Following when he's winning, he tends to play faster. He tends to rush the ball boys to give him the ball so he can play the next shot. Um, but when he's like losing, or he an important point is coming, and he maybe missed a shot before, he's going going into bounce the ball. Uh, maybe four or five additional times in his serve. Maybe he's gonna take more time in the towel. So he's always been really good in managing the times, uh, and that's what good players does. They play to their own rhythm. They don't let the other player impose their own rhythm. So Djokovic went to the restroom for like seven minutes, but I don't think this affected Carlitos Alcaraz into the fourth set. I think. It mostly helped Joko uh, to get ready to this fourth set and try to take it to the fifth set. Early in this fourth set, Kalitos almost goes up a break, but classic Djokovic, he puts his sixth, seventh, or eighth year, I don't know how many he has, and saves the breaks points. And in the fifth game of the fourth set, he broke Kalitos Alcaraz, served. And Carlos misplayed that game, but it was mostly Djokovic locked in, making a bunch of returns, putting pressure on the serve, and Carlitos kind of broke down on that service game. And after that, both of the players held serve, and Carlitos served 3-5 and got broken one more time in the fourth set so that Djokovic could take this match to the fifth set. So it is the fifth set. This is what everyone wanted. Everyone was expecting Carlos Alcaraz and Djokovic in the final. I was thinking that Djokovic was going to win in four sets, but no, I was really far off. And and yes, the the crowd was ready to to watch this fifth set. Djokovic was ready to go after winning that fourth set. And and before. Carlos hits the first shot in that fifth set. I thought, okay, Djokovic is going to take this fifth set. He's going to cruise. But going into that first point of the fifth set, Djokovic on serve. Carlos uh, went uh, into that fifth set with a lot of decision. He was ready to play big. He was decisive. And he wanted to win the match. It's the classic play to win. I know it's kind of like a stereotype that's a classic coach phrase that everyone says but it's, it kind of applies here because 
Carlos on the first point of that fifth set. Djokovic serves really big. Carlitos Alcaraz returns deep, and Djokovic puts a short ball. He makes the ball kind of short on Carlos Alcaraz's court, and Carlitos steps in and rips the ball and comes to an net. So the first two shots is a return that hit really deep, and then he stepped into the next ball and came into a net. Carlitos then went on to miss the volley, but he kind of like set the stage, set the tone of how he wanted to play this fifth set. He was, he was going to play big and he was going to play aggressive and be intense with his feet at any opportunity that he had to like step in uh, and play his game. In this first game, he had a chance to break, but Djokovic played well. He made three serves in a row, so from 30-40, he went in to win that game, and it's 1-0 Djokovic. And what I thought right here was, if Djokovic gets the lead, the match is over. Djokovic was going to win his eighth Wimbledon championship. But if Kalitos gets the lead, uh, Djokovic has another life. He he's he's like a cat. He, they have like seven or nine lives. I don't know how many they have, but he always has that sixth gear, and he can always has he can always hit an extra shot. He can always make another ball. So for Carlos Alcaraz, this next game was really important. He needed to get a hold on his serve after getting broken in the last game of the fourth set. Uh, and he needed to get that confidence back. And the next game, Carlos Alcaraz having um, loved one, was, I believe so, the most clutch game of of the final, or at least one of those. Carlos Alcaraz serves love 15 after the first point where Novak Djokovic puts, puts a re- deep return play. And, and make Carlos Alcaraz uh, miss the first ball. In that love 15, Carlitos Alcaraz serves a big serve in the with the first serve. He plays a relatively long rally and tries to put pressure uh, to Djokovic, and Carlitos hits an unbelievable drop shot. He puts the score 15 all, and and that shows that how brave he is. He he's not gonna. Uh, play tentative, he's going to try to play his game regardless. After that, Carlitos actually missed a couple of first balls. He gave Djokovic a couple of presents. And it is 30-40, break point for Djokovic to get 2-0 in the fifth set. And so far in this game, Djokovic didn't have any unforced error. So they go on to play this unbelievable point. A 16-ball rally, I believe so, where Djokovic comes into a net, into Carlos Alcaraz's backhand. Carlos hits a love. Djokovic has to go back. Uh, he's not going to let the ball bounce, but he, instead of hitting an overhead, he hits a swinging forehand volley that he hits towards the net. Carlos Alcaraz... Lift, lift his finger up, saying, like, I'm the number one. The crowd goes crazy, and he gets the game into a deuce point. So Kalitos goes on to serve 40-all, makes the first serve, 
Djokovic returns to the forehand side of Carlitos, and Carlitos hits another unbelievable drop shot. Djokovic couldn't move. There was no way he can get that ball, and it's uh, ad side for Carlitos. And to close out this great game, this super clutch game, Carlitos went on to make a really good serve, but Djokovic returned really deep into the forehand side. Carlitos plays a defense, like a slice forehand, that he gets deep, so Djokovic has to reset and put the ball back in the court, and then Carlitos crashes the forehand cross court. Djokovic put it back onto the forehand side, and Carlitos destroys the forehand down the line, and again, the crowd went crazy. Carlitos put the score one all in the fifth set, and he's ready to pound on Djokovic's serve. Djokovic is kind of like pissed off. He seems kind of angry from missing on that chance with a swinging forehand volley. So he went on to play this third game of the fifth set. In the first point, they have a really long rally where Carlitos was moving like it was the first set. And Djokovic looked a little tired. If you look at Djokovic throughout the fifth set, he was moving a little slower. I don't know if it was because he had he had a tape in his left hamstring. He didn't get fizzy or anything. He started the match with that left tape. Um, I don't know if it affected him because Djokovic, um, if he can always compete regardless, even if he's injured. Um, but he seemed a little more tired than usually when he gets into that stage. And Kalitos, on the other hand, in that first point of the game, he he was sprinting from side to side and ended up hitting a winner with the backhand. Then Djokovic missed a couple of easy shots in the game. He kind of rushed. And then in the 30-40 stage, he came into a net to the backhand side of Kalitos, and Kalitos blasted the backhand down the line gets the break and goes on to win 2-1. Djokovic was really pissed off. And then he destroys the racket against the net post, gets the warning, the crowd goes against him. And another fun fact, actually, I think he kind of like injured his wrist when he did that. He was sitting on the bench uh, and he was doing like some wrist movements, like kind of stretching the, the wrist. And, and going to the next game, Carlitos Alcaraz made all the first serves. And in the first point, he made the first serve into the forehand side. And Djokovic shanked it. And then he did another movement with the, with the hand, with the right hand. And then Carlitos noticed this. And he played quickly. He didn't take the 25 seconds. He grabbed the balls and serves again to the forehand. Djokovic missed. Then he serves again to the forehand. Djokovic missed. And then he hit an ace. So he went up 3-1 in maybe like 40 seconds. So this was kind of like unexpected going into this fifth set after Djokovic winning the fourth set. In the next game, Djokovic tried to kind of like stop Kalitos' momentum. He got a quick call. Kalitos didn't make a lot of balls. Um, so Kalitos went in to serve 3-2 on, on the fifth set. And here we have another important game where Djokovic had a chance to break back and get back into uh, in being serve on serve. But again, he 
gave away a couple presents to Carlitos and especially some unforced errors where he was ready to pound the ball. He was ready to like hit it big, but he like kind of lost his balance or I don't know if it was windy or it was just the nerves. So there were two stages in this 3-2 lead for Carlos where Djokovic missed easy shots. Alcaraz was serving 15-30. Djokovic missed the return easily. It's just like a first serve return. Yeah, it was a first serve return, but it was coming straight to Djokovic's racket. So he didn't have to stretch. It wasn't into his body. It was a perfect distance to hit a clean shot, but he missed. And then on the third all, Djokovic hit an amazing return to the line. Carlos Akaras finds a way to put the ball back into Djokovic's forehand. And Djokovic was getting ready to pound the ball and he just missed really wide, like maybe half a meter uh, wide. That's like, uh, like two feet, one and a half feet. So really big misses in these important moments. Into the next point, Carlitos was really clutch in the 40-30 and hits an ace and puts the match at 4-2. Then both of the players went on to win their games easily. So it is 5-4 for Carlitos. And, and as they're sitting in the bench in that changeover, I was thinking, is Djokovic going to pull out another... Wimbledon final like he did against Feather. He's gonna do another comeback of those. Um, so I was feeling pretty confident that he's gonna at least put a little pressure into Carlos and maybe get that break and put it into five ball. And this feeling, it was even stronger after the first point of that game. Carlitos Alcaraz was serving 5-4. And in that first point, Carlos served, made the first serve. Djokovic put the return back on play into the backhand, and Carlito tried to hit a drop shot out of the first ball, <laughs> and he missed in the net. And I was like, damn, love 15 now. Djokovic's going to put pressure on making a lot of balls. He's going to get his confidence back. He's going to uh, get comfortable with the crowd, and the crowd's going to want another long match. And, and Carlitos um, might choke. But then Carlitos proved me wrong. <laughs> In this next point that they played, uh, Carlitos went on to serve, made the first serve. They played a relatively short rally. They hit three or four more shots. And the next chance that, Cal next chance that Carlitos had to hit a big ball, he instead step in and hit another drop shot and this time it was a really good drop shot Djokovic gets to the ball and hits uh slice backhand down the line Carlos gets to the ball and hits an amazing love and puts the score 15 all uh, and that's um that's showing that uh, that's showing trust in your shots that's uh showing belief in what you work Kratos uh, is always uh, hitting those drop shots, regardless of the match. He's hitting those drop shots in the first round and then the final. is part of his game, so he's trusting his game even at this stage where um, the hands might be a little more tired, 
the coordination skills are not great after almost five, four hours, but still, uh, the guy pulled it off and he's an amazing drop shot. Into the next point of 15 all, Kalitos hit a really good serve at wide, then with the forehand, came into the backhand, hitting the ball big, and then hit an amazing backhand drop shot volley winner. Um, and again, this kid's proving how you need to trust in your game in these important stages. Going into the 30-15, Djokovic again, he has another life, he has another shot to play, and he hit an amazing return out of Carlos' serve, and then ripped the forehand on the winner. And this 30-all, 5-4 Wimbledon stage, what everyone wanted to see, um, the nerves were high, but Carlitos didn't care. He was ready to go. He served a really, yeah, he served a really big serve down the tee. Uh, Cal, uh, sorry, Djokovic stretched and made the ball back, but ended up being deep by almost two feet. So it is 43 for Carlos Alcaraz. And now I'm thinking, is Djokovic again going to stay? step in and become the clutch player that he was in 2019 and he continues to be of course or is Carlitos uh, going to serve big and go after his shots again and get a Wimbledon championship so again it is 40-30 Carlos made the first serve and he hit it big he was a good first serve Djokovic uh, returned the ball and he, like, oh, like always like he always does in those important moments, you need to make the ball and make the other guy play. And Carlos Alcaraz has a forehand that was sitting kind of short, uh, and it wasn't sh shoulder high, but it was between um, the waist and the shoulder. So it was a pretty good forehand stepping in and ready to come into a net. And this forehand was actually really similar to the one that Federer hit in the Wimbledon final in his 40-30 match point in the at the 8-7 stage in the fifth set. Federer had a lower forehand, but it was still inside the inside the baseline. He could step in and hit it big. But I remember back then, Federer just kind of rolled the ball into uh, Djokovic's forehand and came into a net. But Djokovic was ready and hit an amazing cross-court uh, passing shot. But in this stage. It was the opposite. Carlos Agas blasted the forehand cross court, came into a net, and since he hit it that big, Djokovic tried to stretch and put the ball back with a slice, but he couldn't. And he hit the ball into the net, and it's Carlos Alcaraz, Wimbledon champion. The crowd went crazy once more, and, and amazing. This this kid, he's unbelievable. He like I said before, he has every every shot, he has great movement, he's charismatic, he has great hands, uh, he's versatile, he's clutch, um, uh, and he wants to win the big tournaments, um, and he's ready to beat Djokovic in these big stages. This is what he wants to do. He's aiming to play in these stages, and that's why he ended up beating Djokovic in this stage. So, anyways, to recap on why Kalitos win win the match, why did he win the match? Um, so I will say first he was relentless, despite a tough first set, 
uh, where he started kind of tight. He started. He was missing a lot of first balls. He was missing big, and Djokovic was playing well. So first he was relentless. Second he was versatile. There was moments where he got to make a lot of shots, like in that fifth set uh, break point that he saved, where Joko missed the swinging forehand volley. But before that, Carlos Alcaraz was scrambling, grinding, and making balls. And then there were moments in the match where he was serving a volley or coming to an eight out of the second shot or just blasting forehands. So this kid can do it all. And of course, we cannot forget about that second set where if Jogo takes the two to love the uh, lead in sets, it will have been a totally different match. Um, and of course, uh, those five points that he gave away is uncharacteristic of Djokovic, but I don't want to take credit away from Carlos. Uh, like I said before, maybe it was the pressure that he was putting, and and Djokovic tried to play bigger, um, play a little tighter than usually, and that's why uh, he missed those shots. And then in terms of like specific tactics, I haven't digged into those despite. I watched the final twice. I I watched it live, um, live meaning in my computer, and then I recorded and tried to go and watch it again so I can do this kind of analysis. But I haven't dig into uh, specific strokes or like first serve percentage or like double faults, winner, etc. Uh, but that if that's something that you guys would like to hear. I'm happy to do it for a next video, so feel free to um, give, give me a shout or a DM in Instagram or or maybe on wherever I'm posting this podcast. But yeah, please let me know about any idea for future content. Finally, to close out the, this video, this podcast, uh, let's talk about implications for the future. First, the AI model was better than me, clearly better than me, so good for him or good for her. Uh, no, for, for real. Um, uh, implications of the future here we have uh, Alcaraz with two majors in his pocket, Joko stayed at 23, and, and I think it's really tough for any player to take any major from them. Right now, I would say. Danny Medvedev can win either in the US Open or Australian Open, but he might be the only one. Tsitsipas, I think he's not there. Sinner, maybe one year from now. Rune, not yet. And Casper Ruud, he has his chances, but I think he has less tools to work with than Djokovic and Carlos. So that's why I don't think if these two guys played. At the best level, I don't think Root can beat them. Uh, but I don't want to take any credit away from Root. Root is an amazing player. He made three major finals already. And I don't think there is much more to remark. These players are going to go and take a well-deserved break. Both of them been playing since uh, the clay court season. 
I think Joko had, took a longer break than Carlos going into Wimby. He didn't play any preparation tournament. Uh, but still, the body must be really tired from changing surfaces. Um, the impact in the body from playing on clay and then changing, switching to clay to grass courts must not be must not do any good into their bodies so they should take a well-deserved break and prepare for the tournaments heading into the u.s open sometimes carlos plays uh some tor some clay tournaments in in europe before that but i don't think this year he should do that he should regroup he should take his time and s enjoy this win and then maybe regroup going into Cincinnati or Toronto and then playing the US Open. Uh, and the same for Djokovic. Djokovic is playing uh, less tournaments every year and his focus is on the majors and and the Masters one something. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the first episode of Heavy Forehands with Toro. Uh, please... Uh, Give me some feedback. This is a new project of mine. Um, and of course, I want to listen to your feedback so I can improve. And hopefully, we can discuss together any uh, topic related to tennis that you guys like. And, and please follow me on social media. I'm at Feliacosta1 on, on Instagram. And my Facebook is Felia Costa, and I'm gonna try to promote myself in those um, two platforms a little more often. And then, of course, if you can um, listen or communicate uh, to other of your friends about this podcast, about this endeavor, that would be great. So I can ramp up the followers. Okay, everyone, um, that's been almost 41 minutes. So this, let's close this out. Have a good one and hopefully I'll catch you on the second episode of Heavy Forehands with Toro. Have a good one, you all.